Welcome to Waypoint Church Online. We're so glad that you're able to join us today. Uh, whether you're joining us on the Church Online platform or YouTube or catching up on podcasts, we're just really excited that you're, you're joining us. Um, it's really good to connect uh, as a church family. I know there's restrictions all around still, but it's good to stop and to, to be family together. I hope this past week you've managed to connect with some folks, um, maybe over the phone or, or, or um, on the internet, or maybe even visit in, in your back gardens with this lovely weather. It's really, really important for us to, to meet and to, to be together as God created us to be. But I know there's still the desire for us to gather as a bigger church family. And, and it's with great sadness and frustration that we have to uh, cancel the church picnic that we were planning to do today. And uh, we, we announced it and we did a bit more digging into the guidelines and looking at that. And our heart behind the picnic was a bit more social interaction. But the guidelines are pretty clear that any gathering over 30, we have to make loads of efforts to stop social action, so, so social interaction. Um, so um, we, we're going to postpone this one and we have another one in a couple of weeks time. And we're going to try to think of other ways uh, of connecting because we can meet in smaller groups. So can I encourage you to invite someone around for a picnic at your house if possible, or maybe another family to go to a park and have a picnic in smaller groups. Uh, we as a church uh, leadership team, we're, we're forever looking at the guidelines and we're going to be exploring other ways of how do we gather groups together, especially as the autumn kicks in in a few weeks time. Um, so please be praying and, and be assured that we're looking at that. And, and I, we're going to be sending out a survey as well to, to get some of your ideas and your feelings of, of how to meet. The truth is we are a, a wide church uh, uh, of uh, very young and, and lots of people who are not so young. And we want to just do a slow and steady pace where we can invite people together, but as safely as possible. We don't want to accidentally um, basically endanger people's health. And we don't want to uh, inadvertently sideline people. You just focus some people and others get missed out. So we're, we're praying, we're looking, we're planning. We, we are a large church and a family that we love and we're trying to get us together. So we are working on this. Um, please be patient and be praying and please be in contact and we'd love to, to try to work this out together. Keep connected, more will follow. I'm sure you have been watching the news this week and you've heard of the, the tragedy in Lebanon and that massive explosion and so many people's lives um, impacted. Sadly, those who died, um, I think there's 300,000 people displaced from their homes. This port was also the place where all the food came in um, for a significant area uh, of that country. And, and we need to be mindful and, and praying for those in, in just facing incredible needs. The coronavirus also puts incredible needs on so many people in our world and in our country. Uh, where we are desperate to get back to normal, the truth is that there's a, a rise in people catching the virus and in dying. And, and we need to be mindful of that. Um, we thank, we're thankful that God is greater than any of these challenges. So we don't go with arrogance, but we come with humility to God. And, and I, I want to just pray before we, we dive into what we're looking at um, today. I want us to pray and to, to bring our world and some of those situations to God. And then this time we'll bring to God as well. So let's just bow our heads to quiet our hearts and to pray. Father, we thank you that you are God over all. I thank you that you love this world so much that you came to save. Father, we, if we're honest, we, we struggle because we see so much hurt and challenge. We know the enemy is still active out there. 
We know people's selfishness, our selfishness and greed and, and lack of care causes all sorts of challenges. But Father, there's a lot of things we just don't know how to, how to pray, how to help. But we do come to you, the God and Saviour, the sovereign majest, majesty in who you are. We just pray, Father, for your mercy to come. We pray for your church that's still in all these places, that you will strengthen them and let them be your hands and feet and make a difference. I pray that on our Waypoint Church as well, that we may be your hands and feet in sharing your love in practical ways, to be a light in the darkness, for you are the light of the world. Father, and as we, we focus in on this time now, as we worship and we look at your word together, I, I wanna just pray that we might hear the whisper of your spirit. I pray that you may hear our heart's desire to know you and connect with you more. And I pray that something eternal will happen in these next few moments. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you are part of our wider church family, you'll have received uh, the email on Sunday morning, which gives a, a worship playlist, uh, just some other suggestions and some helps. To, to encourage us to stop and to worship. You might want to do it now or at the end uh, of this talk. Or you might want to use your own uh, um, personal preference of, of uh, tapes, uh, sorry, tapes, of CDs uh, and maybe the internet. Just encourage you to stop and to worship for it, it's so important uh, of aligning our hearts and giving God the worth that he deserves. When I was uh, younger, my teens, many years ago, um, I used to do a lot of walking on Dartmoor. And uh, one occasion really sticks in my mind. It was a New Year's Day and a group of friends decided that it would be a good day to go for a, a bit of a walk or a hike. And we, we rallied to a place and some people wanted to do a little bit more of a proper hike across Dartmoor. And others were saying that they wanted a bit more casual. It's New Year's Day. You know, let, let's be realistic. Um, so we, we, we worked out two, two paths. One was a pretty flat path that led to a dam. And the other one would be going up over a hill to a tour and then we would cut down at the, the dam, at the end of the dam and meet the lightweights and then we'd all walk back together again. So we planned it out, timed it out and, and that's what we did. Uh, I joined um, those who are doing the more uh, heavyweight proper hiking and we, we set off. It was a pretty cold day, um, but after you started hiking for only 10-15 minutes, you got pretty warm. Uh, and we, we did a lot. And then about half a mile before we were to do that, that rendezvous point at the, the at the dam is that the heavens open not with blessing but with rain and it was cold so it wasn't just wet rain like little droplets of water it was reinforced rain so it was hail and and or sleet and it came pelting down but it also came with wind and, and what meant what that meant instead of coming down and just getting our heads wet it came sideways and and what happened is effectively our faces were getting pebble dashed with sleet I mean it was really painful and I remember we're going, look, but as soon as we go into the valley at the, the, where the dam is, we'll go out of the rain, it will come out of the wind, it'll be much, much better. So we pushed on and then we, we got down to the rendezvous point, only to find that instead of actually being sheltered from the wind, is it be, we found ourselves almost at the mouth of a wind tunnel. It was reinforced, coming straight at our faces. And we had like a two mile walk in this. Uh, so we, we, we sort of put our... our, our hoods on and we put our heads down and we just started pushing our way through and it was painful and uncomfortable. Well, I thought it was painful and uncomfortable. One of my friends, he, he clearly had no sense or feeling because he thought it's an ideal opportunity to chat. 
and he kept wanting to chat with me and, and sharing what was on his heart and sharing this and sharing that. And, and I'm sure it was really deep stuff, but what's going through my mind was pick a better time, pick another person, just go away. And um, I was very kind and compassionate. Eventually he, he got the point and he, he backed off. Um, so then I had to sort of face uh, this reality of how was I going to survive the rest of this, this walk with ice being sort of embedded in my face. And so I thought, well, think of warm thoughts. You know, soon it'll be over. We'll be in a car. There'll be warm drinks and, and it will be fine. And, and so I was thinking of warm thoughts. But, you know, thinking of warm thoughts, it didn't do much because the ice kept blowing it away and, and, and it didn't last for long. So I'm thinking, OK, OK, well, let's bring God into this because because Jesus, remember, he, he was he was on a, on a, in a storm and he just by his very command stopped the storm from happening. So I thought, well, let's do that. So I went in the name of Jesus, wind, stop. And, and, and nothing happened. And I thought, well, let me do it out loud. Maybe out loud is a better thing because I'm sure Jesus did it out loud. So and I thought it's so windy. No one's going to hear me anyway, apart from God. So so I did it out loud in the name of Jesus. Wind, stop. And miraculously, I mean, it was it was phenomenal. The wind got stronger and, and it was just hurting more. And I'm going, OK, that's not good. And, and I'm pondering and then I'm going, OK, well, I did what, often, what many of us do. We begin to bargain with God. I'm going, God, well, do you know, if if you stop this wind and rain and hail, I'll tell you what, if you stop that, I will preach shorter sermons. Now, I appreciate that you know what the answer is because you've been suffering ever since. Uh, because the rain did not stop, the wind did not stop, and neither will my sermons. <laughs> and it, didn't, it, it just continued to be a really horrendous walk. Eventually, we got to the car, we found our keys, we opened our cars up, and, and immediately the rain stopped. And actually, the clouds began to part and, and sun came out and there was verity, even a, a rainbow. Seriously, there was a rainbow. And I just erupted in a praise psalm that went something like, thanks, God. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've ever uh, um, prayed that prayer um, or been in a situation like that. Um, the verses I, I want us to look at this morning were verses that I should have remembered and and. and should have been reminded myself of in that situation, but actually in, in many situations for, for all of us, the verses we're going to be looking at are really life helping verses in, in the face of, of living. So Diane's going to now read from Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 9 to 13. So here's Diane with the reading. Romans 12, verses 9 to 13. Love in action. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Last week, we looked at um, the, the, the subject of to press in and hold on to God. This whole area of, of leaning in and being purposeful, not just doing a light touch and then saying, well, God sorted it out and then backing off. But how do we lean into God in our relationship? Because the closer we get to God, the more we know him. Today, I want to sort of look at the second half of, of that, that sort of idea and not just pressing in and holding on to God, but pressing in and living the way that God calls us to live. 
You know, that this whole passage um, gives us some really good pointers on, on how do we live a life that God wants us to live with, with loving one another, with showing hospitality, with having that zeal. How do we allow that to impact our everyday lives? How do we press in and live it so that God's ways impacts our attitudes, our actions, our reactions? Have a read of, of the, the, the whole uh, chunk of verses again at the end of this talk, because there's some really good things in, in there. I, I want to specifically focus in on just one verse, and, and that's Romans 12, verse 12, where, where it gives us, a, it's a how verse. It's how do we live it? How do we press in, not just with a light touch, but how do we consistently, intentionally live the life that God wants us to live? And verse 12, it says this, it says to to be joyful in hope, to be patient in affliction, and to be faithful in prayer. The good news of Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection, is that we can personally know God, is that we can be brought into relationship with God, that we may know his forgiveness, we may know his presence, we may know his purpose, we may know his love in our now, but also in, in an increasing amount. We know that, that whatever our temporary trials and troubles are, is that we know that Jesus' death and resurrection has secured not just a relationship with God now, but one in the future. And that future is going to be a good one because it's going to be in the very presence of God, where our aches and pains and sorrows are taken away, where there's no tears shed. This is not just hopeful things, it's things that scripture tells us. It's an incredible hope that we have. And what Paul is writing here is that the way that we keep applying the truths of God in our everyday lives is to remind ourselves of the hope we find in God, the hope that's secured by Jesus' death and resurrection. It's a sure and certain hope. So with my, my hiking thing is to remember that there is a car at the end of this walk. There will be warmth at the end. It is a sure and certain hope. Now, the promises of God are way bigger than just a car and some warmth. They are a change of reality secured by Jesus. And, and Paul's saying we need to keep lifting our eyes away from the, 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 the mundane Mondays or the, the terrible Tuesday or whatever we're facing in our everyday life. And to say, I want to lift my eyes from the situations I'm in and say, but the hope I have in God is a thing that motivates me. It's why I do it. But, but I want you to know something here. Paul doesn't just say, be hopeful, remember the hope. He says, be joyful in hope. Joy is to, to bring gladness, is to bring delight, to be cheer, to bring cheer. Paul is saying, allow that hope, not just to give you endurance to keep going, but allow that hope to bring a smile to your face, to bring delight to you. Allow that to, to change how you are. I'm not sure if you, you've ever uh, um, had something in the future plan. It may, may be a holiday that wasn't going to be cancelled or it may be some, some unexpected money you get and you're going to buy something that you like. And just the very thought of it, as you think that it's coming soon, it brings a smile to your face. That, that's a little bit of being joy in a hope to come. Now, the promises of God are way bigger, way more secure. They are incredible. And we encounter some now, but it's going to be more. What Paul is saying is allow the joy of that goodness of God to, to impact our lives now. You know, so often I think as Christians is we, we know it's an incredible truth of God. And it's amazing what he offers. And that joy of God is that we then bury deep, deep, deep down in our hearts. You know, so deep it very rarely pops up and hits our face. 
what Paul is saying here. He's not saying, whatever happens, just go, yay, I broke my arm, yay, it doesn't matter, it's snowing, yay. He's not saying that. What he's saying is, whatever situation you're facing, allow the joy of the hope that we have in God, the joy of God, allow that to be the near the surface. Pause and let that bring a smile to your face. That it may be difficult, it may be boring, it may be unknown, this new normal we might not like, but the truth is that God's got the future secure and it's a good future. And I want to let that bring a smile to my face. Let it bring a hope to our conversation. When we're sharing with people around who are thinking, will this ever end? And you're saying, but there's something that makes me smile. There's something that brings me joy. And that's found in Jesus. Now, if you're struggling with that, if you're going, I really want to do that, but I'm not finding that joy in God. There's a, there's a really interesting verse in Psalm 16, verse 11. It says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Joy isn't found just by the knowledge of what God has done. It's found in the relationship of who God is and what he invites you into. It's in your presence as we spend time with God, as we spend time with God alone and together like this and in other ways. When you talk about God, when you remind ourselves, this is what actually helps us to increase in joy. If you want to increase that joy element to get nearer to the top, spend some more time with God. Scripture says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Find some ways in worship, in reading God's word, in lots of different ways. As we spend time with God, it brings joy. For a way that we, we press in and live the life of, of, of God, how do we keep that zeal, that passion to keep doing that, is to, to be joyful in our hope. Remember what he's done and let that bring a smile to our face and our now because he is bigger than the situations that we're facing right now. Which leads us to the next thing. It says, be joyful in hope, but to be patient in affliction. I'm not sure if you've ever um, looked at someone else's life and thought, oh, they have it easy. Or, if, you know, if I had what they had, I think I would, I would be a lot happier or life would be a lot easier. I remember quite a few years ago, Kathy read uh, Victoria Beckham's autobiography and uh, sharing all the stuff that they did and their houses. And apparently one Christmas, she brought David Beckham a Ferrari for Christmas, as you do. And she was saying lots of stuff they did. But she also mentioned that they regularly got death threats. One was really poignant and they had a letter and it had two bullets in it and one with her name and one with David's name on it. You know, that's quite extreme. I like one without the, I like the money without the bullets. But, but back in our real world, because the truth is, we're probably going to experience neither of those extremes. But the truth is that in our everyday lives, we, we all will face times of affliction, times of challenge, times where we're feeling that, that we're just overwhelmed with the reality. It, it, it may be just a general overwhelmness, or sometimes, sometimes it's a real hard thing. We're going, I don't know how to deal with this. And we're going, God, where are you in this? And we're not sure what to do. How can I be Christ-like in this situation when I'm not sure if I can even cope? And Paul is saying, look, be loving, show hospitality, serve, to be joyful in hope, but to be patient in this affliction. The word that the NIV, uh, the translation translates as be patient, it is, it's probably not the best translation of that word. For Paul uses an unusual word. See, for patient with me, patient sort of says it's more of a hang in there. You know, this this soon will pass. We'll get out of there. Just don't give in. 
And it's a quite a passive thing. But the word he uses is not passive at all. It's quite an active word. And, and the word is almost to grab hold of, to, 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 to grip, to overcome. And what he's saying is to, to overcome affliction, to grab hold of it. Don't see it as, an, as a place where you're going to get crushed and lose everything, but a place that God can do something with. Back in Romans 5. Verse 3, Paul writes that we rejoice in our suffering because suffering brings perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Weirdly, it's when we face, when we grab hold of afflictions and challenges, is, is what that grabbing hold of is the root to raising our hope. When we face those challenges, it's about getting our eyes off of of the things that, that crush us and the things that, that are just dead ends around us and saying, God, what can you do in this? God, how can I stand for you in this? God, what do you want to teach me in this? God, how can I be loving in this? Paul is saying, grab hold of those places when it comes to a, when you're facing affliction and challenges. For this is a place where you can grow. If you reflect on your life, I'm sure, just, just like me, there are times when you face some incredible challenges. And, and those are usually the places where you have grown deeper in your faith. Sadly, I think some Christians, it, is they, they come a bit more fair weather Christians. I'll hit my Dartmoor walk. If it's sunny, I'll walk, but if it's rainy, I won't. You know, if everything's going good, I'll trust God and spend time in his word and worship him. And when everything's good, I will. But when it's tough, then I back off. And, and Paul's almost saying the opposite. He's saying when it's tough, lean in more. Lean in. It's, it's be patient. Grab hold of those times of affliction. Not grab hold of the affliction because isn't that lovely, painful? It's God, this is an opportunity for me to know you more, trust you more, display you more, shine more with the light of Jesus in my life. So how do we be people who press in and live the life that God calls is be joyful in our hope. Let that bubble up in the now that what God has done to grab hold of and overcome those afflictions and allowing God to do something. And thirdly is be faithful in prayer. I wonder if you do what I do is when someone phones you on your mobile phone, do you check who it is before you answer it? There are some, I'm sure we all do that. Um, there are certain people, though, who are probably part of my inner circle who I will immediately answer for. If, even when I'm in a meeting or anything, if, if they ring, they, they have priority. I will speak to them. I will chase that up right away. Uh, it's usually my, my girls, Kathy, or my daughters. Is, is, they ring me. I, if I'm physically possible, I will answer it. Other people, however, their name pops up and you're going, oh, I'm just busy doing this. So they can leave a message or I'll get back to them. Uh, that inner circle, you always answer, and the other circle, you, you get back to them. But, but I've discovered something very interesting. So just because someone is part of your inner circle or my inner circle, it doesn't mean that I'm part of their inner circle. Because there has been many a time when I've rung someone, I won't mention my daughter's name. Oh, I just mentioned it with my daughter. I won't mention it was which daughter's name it is. Um, but when I ring them, is they don't always answer. Is It goes to answer machine, it, the phone goes dead. And I'm thinking, do you know, whenever you ring, I immediately answer. But when I ring you, it's, yeah, when I can fit that in. When it comes to God, I wonder how we 
view God with this. On my, my hike and, and my prayer and trying to ask God to step in immediately, I, I want God to treat me as a person in his inner circle. When I call to God, I want God to answer. And, and that's what I want. But this whole thing about being faithful to prayer is a question, isn't the question that am I part of God's inner circle? But is God part of my inner circle? That when God calls, will I drop immediately and say, God, what do you want? Reflecting back on that, that hike, you know, that friend who was trying to share stuff with me. I, I wonder if God was wanting me to hear him. But I was so busy with all my problems and, and the stupid rain that I wasn't listening. And I may not have been, it may have just been he was insensitive and had no feelings and, and was budding in. But what if it was God nudging? I just was toned out. I just was not listening. See, being faithful with prayer is not just about do you do your regular praise? You need to pray. You need to chalk up that prayerometer. It's about staying connected with God. It's about saying, God, I, I, I want to keep coming to you and inviting you in. God, I want to be able to share what's on my heart with you. And I want to keep asking, God, what do you want me to do? See, because I think this is such a key part of living it out. Here's why I'm linking it to the first sermon about press in and know God. Is from that relationship is the power source of how we live it out. It's because of who God is, but what he's doing and about knowing his power in the present. We're called to press in and live for God. And the way you do that is you're making sure that you are joyful in your hope. Is making sure you grab hold of and overcome those afflictions of what God wants to do in that situation. And being faithful in prayer, staying connected with him. For when we get those how verses, verses, I think those other verses around about loving and caring and showing hospitality and those things, those are the outflow of putting God in the centre. So I want to encourage you, press in and know God. Press in and live for God by being joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Let's pray. Father, I, I know in some ways, well, in lots of ways, none of that is true. So none of that is new. It's all true. None of it is new. We, we know it's about the, the hope that you bring. We know it's about uh, sticking close to you and persevering. We know it's about prayer. And Father, I want to just say I'm sorry for the times when I've been so focused on, on my view that I forget your view, that my perspective so often dominates your perspective and, and God I thank you that there's not condemnation from you but a calling from you to say come draw near to me I'll draw near to you and now let's live life together Father I want to pray for everyone who's just listening I want to pray for myself as well is that that we may spend more time in your presence so that we may know and live that joy that we may understand and even take joy and rejoice in our sufferings because it brings to perseverance, character and hope. For that's where we know and we prove and we can test you that you are a faithful God. And Father, that we might stay connected. I pray that we may continue to talk with you just as Jesus did. Everything the Father says and does, that's what I do. And I pray that that may be our testimony and our words as well. Father, help us as we lean into those, that it may be displayed in the way that we live. 
Amen. Thank you for, for joining us. I want to encourage you to keep pressing into God and pressing in to living it out. Read those verses again of, of the life that God's calling us to live and remember the hows. And finally, this week, invite someone over for a picnic. Spend some time with some other people, with some other Christians. Talk about God. Talk about our hope. And let's keep growing together. Thanks for joining. Hope you have a great rest of your day.